All right, better overhead garage storage with a rack above. Why must yeah. we damage our home just to gain overhead storage? A rack above has challenged the status quo by creating a superior freestanding overhead garage storage rack that will not harm your home's trusses or ceilings. A rack above features a 48-inch shelf that spans the entire width of any garage and adjusts to your height, keeping items with arms within arm's reach and allowing you to ditch the ladder. A rack above will fit any size garage. The independent telescoping legs adjust to go up and down steps behind hot water heaters, around AC units, and between electrical boxes. A rack above is the last overhead garage storage rack you will ever need to purchase. A rack above is easily disassembled and, reinsa- and reinstalled in any garage. No matter where life takes you, a rack above will be with you. Call for pricing 407-474-1214 or visit arackabove.com. So I did- so we actually have a lot. We have a decent amount of BA and Cro-Magnet right now in the pipeline. Right. But um, once that's gone, it's going to be gone for a year or two at least. No, we've exhausted a lot of, like the Avarice. Like I think the Avarice is sold out. I think um, Breach of the Peace is done. So, it, I mean, yeah. we have it. It's coming in, but it's already accounted for. So, right, right, you know, right. And but there is a decent amount of, there's probably another hundred fifty thousand to two hundred. Yeah, I think based on based on the numbers, I think we'll probably be done with with Crow Magnum probably at the end of March, first part of April. Yeah, and now that we have our own pre-industry, we were taking a lot of the light-colored Connecticut broadleaf, the stuff that was on wasn't really Crow Magnum. We put it back into a pylone, so now it's got like a year more in pylone, and it, it's been real low. And we're gonna get a lot of wrapper out of that too, but. Um, I don't know. We, uh, you know, Arlen's sister kind of took over as our um, uh, sorting, our Risaga, the you know the person who sorts the, the cigars for packaging, mm-hmm. and she's just like super hardcore. Yeah. So our segundo rate went up a lot, and um, instead, you know, instead of saying, "Hey, no, you know, don't, don't be so picky," right? I went back to the wrapper ladies and said, "Look, you know, this is the standard. You know, I don't know what it was before." You know, right. I, I have never been that concerned with the way the rapper looks, but um, it's I, different I, I get it. I get right. I get why, you know, because especially now it's like, well, Esteban left, so the quality's going to go down or whatever. Right. So I'm like, let's go the other direction. Right. The quality's going to go up. So let's just get better and let's use our new pre-industry to make our tobacco even better. Right. So, <coughs> I mean, pl- and plus we've we've cut <coughs> off a lot of retailers. So we've, we've really, like this year... Um, like I was having personnel issues with some people, right? Uh, you know, fake doctor's notes and you know Monday morning flu and right. You know, just problems that we didn't like. Really Keanu, know. I don't. I don't know if we had these. I need problems. to take a day. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if we had these problems before, and Esteban just never told me. But it's certainly not something that I'm cool with. So uh, or Arlen, <laughs> right? Who's you know harder to, harder than me? So, um, so. We just like in December, we said, you know what? Let's just go down to ten pairs, and and let's just because we were cutting back on retailers, and right, it's like let's we're gonna make the same amount of money either way. Right, I, you know, I don't. It's but let's just let's just simplify it, right. make it even better, and um, you know, dial it in. Right. Yeah. So that's what we've been focused on. So those lines are coming out, and then um, yeah. I've just been trying to really tighten up a lot because, you know, we've always kind of been in charge. I mean, I, this I is guess new people didn't you. really understand what I, my role was at the factory versus. Right. So, you know, we own half the factory. Right. And then Esteban owned half the factory. And then now yeah. Mike and I own the uh, the second half of the factory, right? So um, essentially 100% of the factory is funded by Mike and I in either way, right. always. No matter how you slice it. Well, and, and post on, yeah. Well, before some, the, before the, <laughs> before, other than, yeah, the piece at my cones. Before, before the way it worked was, I would kind of get involved in making sure the tobaccos, like I was really involved in the blending and like this is the product we're going to make. Right. Because we didn't make a lot of new products. Then it was, okay, now you go, you're responsible for going finding this tobacco and keeping it the same. Right. And then anytime any kind of issue came up, like, hey, Condega changed this year, we would have a little powwow about it. But I wasn't really that involved in the raw material side. Right. In fact, we as a company weren't involved that much in the raw material side. We would go select tobacco in the Dominican, and then a year and a half later, after Gus Cura got done with it, we would take the best of it. And we never had to really worry about it because it was just always there. And it was small amounts, so and we, we always had large amounts of inventory for the cigars we made. We always kept... 
800 a million dollars worth of inventory minimum so um and we and especially filler we never really worried about because if we needed 10 packs of filler or 50 packs of filler we would just go get it a little bit at a time from raul and from noxa and and it just doesn't work like that anymore right so we we would we would i was really mainly kind of focused on from the time we we started deveining and drying it to how we managed it in the bodega to how we got it to the rollers and bunchers to how the cigars were made how they were aged how they were packaged and then how they were shipped and delivered right, right. and that was really where we focused in fact you know arlen managed most of that inventory process and it's all for years we've never had any issues at all because it's just i mean like hey we're missing three cigars from this we're missing a bundle of saguna i mean we one little thing could go, change and we you immediately notice it because of the tightness of the project right the, pro, the process but on the raw material side it wasn't like that total opposite right from the beginning it was like it was never like that it was right. never like that and and it was such a it was such a, i mean for years i would say to mike hey you know He's not, you know, we're not managing the yields correctly. He's like, dude, you know, the costs are the cost, you know. Right. Wait till it goes up on the window in the kitchen. Right. And then, you know, whatever. As long as it's good. You Keep know, going. Don't don't rock the boat. And, yeah. You know, apply your insanity to that side. Right. So anyway, now my insanity has been applied, applied to yes. that side. And um, I mean, we've added 25 employees. So. We used to have like X number of employees for every roller and buncher. Now we have like two X employees for right. rollers and bunchers. We've had a lot of administrative people for tighter bookkeeping, tighter um, data. That's amazing. Management. Dude. We we added the the warehouses and all the staff over there. I think now we have about fifteen or twenty people over there. Uh, we added a new uh, chief of, of raw material, who um, actually worked with Esteban for years and years. Um, actually, a lot of the people that we have now are people that that came up with them. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's still a small industry, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not. Yeah, so our new raw material guy, you know, is the interesting, the, the great thing about him is not only is he he's a servant leader, he's, he's really smart and he's a good worker, good work ethic, but he also has always worked with these same kinds of tobaccos and he's from the same school, right? So um, he, he was at Scandinavian Latin Cigar for... 15 years and then he was at Knox. So then now he's with us. Um, the lady running our Esco hair, the sorting and, and, uh, classification over in the bodegas. She, uh, was actually with us in our first year when we were behind Esteban's house, Lilium. So she's, she's killing it. She's got like, she brought like eight or 10 really good ladies with her. And then, um, you know, it, it, from the factory perspective, uh, you know, the, the guy that we kind of had as as our as our production manager did wasn't really getting the job done so we promoted a, a one of an employee that's been with us for 10 years and he's one of our best bunchers he's been he's been with us a long time and uh he had back surgery and really couldn't sit all day anymore so I was like well we'll make you a, you know this supervisor and then it, it turns out he's actually a really really good leader of production so uh, he's been doing a great job. So. Phil, have you switched up, switched up the cameras at all? Or? Yeah. Uh, okay. Because I, I see, for the first part. I see him kind of sucking, hanging out on his fucking phone. And oh you know. no, he was engrossed in the show earlier. So all yeah. the all okay. the pieces okay. are really falling in place, which, which is awesome. Now, just, now he's just clicking them. It's around. just been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that. <laughs> I mean, knowing you guys for over a decade at this point, which is kind of scary for me to say. Um, I would say probably six months ago, maybe a little bit longer, maybe eight eight months ago, there I could see that there was a lot on your plate, and it was definitely very stressful for you. Like you were just, it was like, it was like you were handed this fucking gigantic Christmas tree fucking lights knots, and someone said, "Here you go, sort this shit out." Right. So you got to slowly break it all down, and you could tell that you were working it out, you know. And coming and seeing you this time around, obviously. The knots aren't completely kinked out, but things are definitely flowing in a, in the better in the right direction. Well, you, you know? know, I would say <clears throat> November a year ago is kind of so kind of whenever the the project with Ernie Carrillo had had really kind of uh, kind of started taking shape. Right. right. So we go to the Dominican, 
And, you know, we start looking at the processes they're doing. We start looking at the way the operation, how organized it is. And not that we don't do that in other factories because you do, but, um, it's know, different. It's different. Right. Um, you know, you're talking about a guy who's got the, the organization just in, in the places where they keep all of the, the vistas and the, 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 the labels and whatever, packaging like materials. packaging materials, right. like they've got a process for everything that goes in and out and how it goes into the production table. So all the finished cigars that are going to get, you know, labeled up and whatever, you start kind of looking at these things. And I think even before that, just going in and looking at all of, you know, Skip kind of downplays like, hey, this project for this Quintagenario, it's like, hey, let's go look at tobacco that neither one of us really use. Right. Right. And so there was this, this kind of this, um, like he rekindled this, this flame, right? Right. Because I think for, for, you know, the last eight or nine years, like we just keep growing, 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 and, and everything's kind of on cruise control, and it's just keeping on tracks. And then, you know, it's like, hey, let's let's go look at this other factory and how they do it. Let's go look at tobacco that we're not using or they're not using. And then it's like, you know, this kid in his candy shop, right? Right. And so... It becomes, it becomes fun again. So then, but then you come back home and then you realize there's some, there's some disorganization in your own house. Right. And when it, with that disorganization, it's like, you know, um, you just kind of turn a blind eye to it. It's like your kid that, that just kind of keeps his room a little dirty. Right. You know, it's like... You know, but he's got good grades. Yeah, he's doing all the right things, but you know, right. he's a little little messy and so still making honor roll. Yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah. how how, 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 how hard do you ride him, right? Yeah. right? So with that, you start saying, okay, we need to we got to clean up. And so November, you know, I get a phone call say, hey, I need you down here right away. And so we go down there, and you know, and he's kind of telling me some of these things that are kind of going on, but it's not it's different until you like really see it, right? Right. And and it really just for context, it really went off the tracks when I was in the States for nine months for COVID and it was, which makes these, sense. It was one of these deals where not by a beach though, just for clarification. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. It was one of these okay. deals where I kind of always kept things on the rails. Right. Even though it was kind of a crazy train, it was like, okay, I'm not going to go to the kitchen and yeah. really, you know, make sure all the stuff's labeled properly. Right. You know, like those kind of details, they don't work like that. I'll just drive them crazy. So I'm going to stay out right. of the kitchen. Yeah, if if it's being produced, if you know that it's happening and it's working, right, you're not gonna fuck with it, right? And, yeah, and, and 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 all the things we're talking about have nothing to do with product quality, right? It has nothing to do with quality. It's inter- raw material. It's, it's it's all about. Here's what I've learned in business: it's about owning those gaps, right? Those little gaps of of things that that aren't perfect, right? And really, when you're away for nine months, right? Really, where it showed up, really where it showed up was. It showed up with how employee employee satisfaction, how mm-hmm. how they were reacting to things that were happening, and it also showed up in um, the money. Right. So we've always been super super efficient, and the way it works is is the the factory needs money. Mike and I send money, and then when there's an invoice, it comes off of that deposit. Right. And then so what was happening was is that our deposit kept getting bigger and bigger. And so what that means is you're consuming money faster right. than, you're, than you're selling cigars. And so when you start looking down into the numbers and you start saying, okay, I need this data. I need this information from this inventory. I need to know what happened to this binder. I need to know what happened to this seven bales right. of Tibet. Where's your inventory? There's no answer. Right. There, yeah, there's a lot of open questions. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, so if the money had gone uh, we'll down. We'll get back to you. <laughs> in, in the invoice. I'll, is, I'll look is, into that. I'll look into that. It's paid, but yet you can account for here's seven bales of XYZ. Right. Right, then it checks. No right? problem. That tracks, right. Right? right? So you don't really think about it. So, Like another thing, I never really paid much attention to how much we paid people, like salary-wise. Right. Um, I understood the kind of overall costs that were being told to me. Right. Like that, I that we were paying for the and total. I, I'm signing the checks, right? right? But but then, um, but then when you start looking at salaries, you're like, is that right? And then you and then you then you go to other factors and you say, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you tell me how much you guys are paying the people who do this? Right. How much you guys paying the people to do this? And they're like, well, we pay this, and I'm like. Yeah, we, we pay more than that. Right. And oh, I work for you a lot more. I work for you now. No, then, then you, go to, you go to the next place and you go, well, we pay a little more than that. Why are there three Ferraris out front of Nika Sueno? But, but, then, but then you start talking to the people, right? And you start talking to the people and you go, yeah, it isn't, that you, it isn't that we're making less than other places. That's why we haven't left. But we're not happy because it's not enough. And I'm like, well, what do you mean it's not enough? It's like, you know, even looking at the numbers, you know, it's like, so then you start looking, okay, let me just take the data. 
And let me compare it to consumer price indexes and exchange rate to dollar. And you start realizing, for example, without getting into a long, long thing about it, but, but for example, uh, there's a big thing that changed. There's a big thing that changed, which is always in Nicaragua. I'm trying to say it in a way that you understand as Americans. So you know how in your paycheck you get FICA, mm-hmm. where you get six point like a one and a half or whatever percent Medicare, and then your employer pays a portion. Right. Right. And then they take federal withholding. And at the end of the year, you file your taxes, and people who aren't paid much almost get almost nope. all their taxes back. Right. Right. Well, there is no filing your taxes process in Nicaragua. But most employees don't pay tax, federal income tax withholding. If, unless, you make, unless you're a highly compensated employee, you don't, get, you don't have to pay taxes right. in your pay, in payroll. So, like, for example, the Social Security portion, that was what all the trouble was in 2018. So they changed their, their portion from, like, 5% to, like, 7.5%, and people lost their shit. And also because they wanted to take benefits away, et cetera, et cetera. Because the world, I mean, the IMF told them, we're not giving you any more support if you don't fix your pension program. Mm-hmm. So um, there's always been in Nicaragua, if you make over, let's, I don't know what the exact number is. I think it's like 120,000 cordobas a year. If you make more than 12,000 cordobas a month or something like that, then that's when you're, you, you've reached that level where now they're going to start taking taxes. Right. So what was happening was the, the more highly compensated people in the factory had, been, had already started paying withholding, like 15% of their check. So they were making less money. Well, the, effectively, those right. people have always made less money, but they were making even less because they were they were paying taxes. Right. So, um, what what essentially has happened is, if you go back seven, eight, nine years, the exchange rate was like seventeen, eighteen quarter buff for a dollar. Right. Now the exchange rate is like thirty six quarter buff for a dollar. Oh shit! So let's say you used to make seventy. So it's almost double. So right. So it's half right. against. So used to, let's say you made X 70 Cordoba, 75 Cordoba to make 100 cigars. Now you're making 120 Cordoba per 100 cigars, but you're really making less. Right. Because you're not making, even if you were making 150 per se, you know, then you would be making about the same. This is the equivalent of 75, yeah. Yeah. But if you add on top of that, now because instead of making 2,200, 2,400 Cordoba a week, now you're making 4,000 Cordoba a week. Now you're over this threshold for the, the tax. Now you're making 15% less. Right. So I started looking at all this data. And it's like, well, nobody has. It's like, but everybody's bitching about people leaving to the United States, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, you know, uh, it, it's expensive. It's like, yeah, but it, it's, it's more expensive to not take care of people. Right. And, and our people weren't leaving. They were just grumbling. Just, right. just unhappy. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I didn't really even know that, right? So they're like, well, you know, other factories don't make their employees pay these taxes. I'm like, yeah, they do. Right. They just, they just give you, you know, More. money off their table. Right. Or, they do, you know, gift card or whatever they're doing. Right. It's not legal. You know, it's your government says I have to pay the tax. I'm going to pay the tax. But, but what we're going to do is we're going to raise everybody's salary and we're going to. So anyway, things gonna, like that. Right. Uh, the things like that is like where it's like, okay. Those I mean, are the gaps. Yeah, I mean, we we probably were still paying 10, 5 10% more than most factories were, and but we went up a lot. I mean, so the, all that of that is to say that Mike and I have invested a lot of money, a lot in this year, getting things right. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the goal the whole time has been the, the piece that you see, the cigars and all that, how do we not fuck that up? Right. But then at the same time, fix everything else. Right. So that, so that the fundamental pieces of the business are stronger and better. Um, and essentially what happened was is, is that we had to get stricter on what was a segundo. We had to um, overpay for tobacco to get the right tobacco. Right. And, you know, it basically our costs went up per cigar. Our cost probably went up forty-five or fifty cents a cigar. Yeah, I mean, we felt it even in the the stuff that you make in, in Postania and yeah. the other, you know, those other things. It so, was it was inevitable. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm not talking about just the price increases. I'm right. talking about our costs have gone up. That right. Much. Well, it all kind of parlays. Right. And now, finally, uh, we we are getting it to a point where now that everything's right, 
now we can start cutting in the efficiencies again. Right. So it's like we became really inefficient to keep it good. Right. It's like just keep throwing money at it so we don't fuck up right. anything. And then now it's like, okay, now now that we kind of get a grip on it, right. now we can go back well, to Well, now that you're focusing, focusing on, on efficiency. On that yeah. side as well because you never were before. Yeah. Because you we, had a we partner probably, for We probably invested $2 million this year keeping the train on the tracks and, and getting stuff ready for the next five or ten years. Right. And, and, um, yeah, but so, I mean, I think that the when you when you look at it, it's like it's, it's everything, right? It's like the growing pains of – of any type of major investment to go to the next level, like, you know, the kind of the inefficiencies of that, you know, but then once, but you realize like once you make these sacrifices and you kind of do these things, like you can see like the light into the tunnel is so much better. Right. Like it's, yeah, of course. So, you know, and, and, you know, but, but, you know, we kind of all make fun and jokes of this. It's like all the work that we do on the back end, like, you know, and, and, and the consumers themselves, never have realize. no fucking they idea. have no idea right? no fucking so, idea which you know and at the end of the day that's that's you go to a wedding and you don't realize there's anything that goes wrong right like the bride and groom have an excellent time right because you know the the nazi lady is making sure that everything is on time and <laughs> right on right make sure everything happens right so so like we make we make fun of that but at the same time like these long conversations and 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 you know it, it's stressful but at the same time when you when you stress, that's how you grow from that, right? Like use stress, like, right? It, yeah. So it's it's, it's a good stress, right? It's a good stress. Yeah. So it's like you know you want bigger muscles, you got to stress the muscles. Got to stress then, the muscles, right? So then, like that you pointed to me. Thank yeah, you, no thank worries. you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for noticing. So you can understand. I had dumb it down a little. Yeah, dumb it down so, a little bit for the muscle. Yeah. Guy. yeah. So, but it, you know, but again, the consumers have no idea about the challenges that are going on. Right. right. It, it with any company, right? It's like yeah, you know. But at the end of the day, you hope that you know if they get a ten dollar cigar. You know, twelve dollar cigar, like then, and and they enjoy it. Like that's right. the reward. Of, but the, well, and I'll and I'll say kind of another way of saying what Mike just said, but in a less politically correct way is: <laughs> Are you saying that you're not politically correct when you speak? <laughs> well, okay. So th- this 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 fucking dumbass that made the comment on the half wheel thing. Mm-hmm. So oh, this is the way the half wheel thing broke out. Anonymous, anonymously this, anonymous. This is how the half wheel thing broke out. Somebody sends me a message. She goes, "Congratulations," and I'm right. like. Okay, for what? For being factor of the year. And I'm like, oh, thanks for saying that. Which is awesome. He's like, no, but Half Will named you Gave you the nod. Half, half yeah. Factor. Well, we've been nominated as like the honorable mention. Right. Or well, well, I thought you got the award before. I'm pretty sure you did in the past. 2017. We got yeah. brand yeah. of the year. or You got factory of the year. You got factor of the year before. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. isn't a surprise to me. Yeah. I mean, Coop has given us factor of the year. Yeah. You know, whatever. But anyway, um, any factory, there's a lot of factories that could be the factor of the year, every, you know, every right. year. Right. So. It isn't so much that, hey, oh, we finally got recognized or this is our year. It was, this has been a really tough year. Right. Um, I, my very first thought immediately was, hey, get the, get, get the team together and let them know that they won this award. It wasn't, oh, man, me and Mike are kicking ass. Right. High five. It was, it was yeah. literally, <laughs> it, my first thought was. Tell the people that put in the work every fucking day. My first thought was awesome that they are getting recognized yeah because this has been a tough year and you know just having people on the outside say so we got everybody together and we said look i said look let me explain this to you how this works this is a publication some people think it's just as relevant as a cigar aficionado i would say more that's the one that they all know I'd say about. it's more relevant yeah i said but to me it's relevant i i, I look at it every you know every day or two right and i said what they're saying is that of all the factories in the world that they look at cigars, it isn't just that our cigars are good. They're recognizing that consistency and all these things that we talk about. They are, right. you know, I didn't, I didn't promote us for this. I didn't ask them to recognize us. Just randomly, they said, this is the best factory for the whole year. Yeah. Right? And what they're saying is, is that as a group, it's like we were saying about football. It's like... Philadelphia may have been the best team this year, but but Kansas City has the best program. Right. It's like Alabama may not have the best team every year, but Alabama has, has the, the best, best college football program. Yeah. Right. And so what they're saying is that the factory has the best program. That we ha- that we're doing things the right way. We have done it this way for years. We're putting good products out there. They're consistent. They're good value, et cetera. And they're recognizing that. Right. And so then to have this fucking you know, 
asshole come yeah. on there, which it was somebody in the business. I don't know who it was because they knew they knew they know a lot of stuff that's going on. Yeah. So so they say, well, you know, what a joke. It's unimpressive. I was like, look, you know, whatever. First of all, you're making this about me. Right. And, and it's not about and, you. And never since 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 I heard about this three hours ago was this ever about me. Mm-hmm. It was a. It's always my first two minutes after we found out. There's a photo on Instagram telling the team about the, the award that they won. Right. Right. And that's not false humility. That's just how we looked at it. And so you have these kinds of things, and then you have you see, and we understand why if you buy a cigar from a factory and you only go down three or four times a year just to sit down in, in a room and, and be the big shot for the week. Yeah. And someone else is doing all this hard stuff that, that we've had to do, right? Investing millions of dollars in raw material, making sure you don't get bugs, making sure you don't have mold, making sure you don't over-humidify, under, or ferment, under-ferment, making sure that your people are taken care was, of yeah, in the middle of an, a mass exodus to the border, right. uh, making sure the people who need to go can go. Right. And that's another piece. There's yeah. people who've been with you for years. It's their time. Right. They've been making cigars for 20 years. This is their shot. They got to go. And so how do you help them do that? Yep. Not, not sit back and bitch at them, right? There's all those pieces. And, and then, so, so then that same person can turn around and sell cigars for 4 or $5 more or $3 more. And then they say, well, you can't make a good cigar for less than $14. Right. Because, you know, anybody that's selling cigars for $9 is making shitty cigars like no matter what they tell you, they're not using good material. Blah blah. It's like, hold the fuck up. We actually pay more for labor. We pay more for material. We pay more for packaging materials. We pay we pay more for all that stuff. Right. We make our factory for all intents and purposes is a nonprofit. Right. We 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 covered this last time. We make almost no. We sink money into the factory. Right. Because where we make our money is on the U.S. side because we only have three employees because we don't have salespeople we don't do marketing we're very very efficient right. on this side. So we do well as a company, you know, 20 points of margin, 25 or of income, 25 points. That's as good as any company out there, guaranteed. Right. It's better than STG. I know. It's better than all. You drop the EBITDA in front of fucking. It's better. Uh, always yeah. the EBITDA. Yeah. yeah. It's, the EBITDA. it's better than all <laughs> those. It's better than Davidoff. The best EBITDA in the industry. It, it is the. It, it actually is the best evidence in the industry. I'm sure. That's why I, I mean, said it. I mean, Padron's probably better because Padron's Padron, probably better. You know, yeah, uh, that's but, true. But he doesn't like us though. <coughs> no, but I'm saying my point is we're doing as good as anybody. But if we if we're if we're comparing if we're having a conversation and Padron's the only one of the only ones that we could mention. I mean, shit. That's, yeah, that's, that's not bad. Pretty fucking yeah. good. You yeah. know. I don't know that that NFT drop. That's pretty high. I mean, it's got to. Oh, that was change. that was dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's got that's got to change your numbers. You know, nice little cash investment. Yeah. Yeah, the the point the point of all that is to say, that's where I would call Mike. Can, can you believe these motherfuckers? Can you? He's like, dude, relax. He goes, I know, I appreciate it. I know what it takes. I know what you do every day. I mean, you know, me and Arlen getting in a car in San Juan at three in the morning, or multiple times. Right. Arlen gets in the car at three or four in the morning, gets to Esteli at eight in the morning, works for four or five hours, and gets back for Fiorella to get Fiorella dinner. Right, and it's a five-hour trip both ways, but she's got to go up and sign checks, or she's got to go up and fix an issue, or she's got to, you know, or I do that, or we go sleep in a shitty bed in Los Arcos for a month while we're dealing with every small Ugh. bullshit thing. Yeah, it's like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a master blender. I'm not saying, but I'm a cigar maker. Right, and and that means something. We 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 selected the tobacco. We paid for it with our own money. We we touch. It. We deal with today our production manager's grandfather died. We deal with that directly. Right. Right. Hey, we're shutting down the factory this afternoon. Why? Because his grandfather's funeral is more important right. than a half a day of production. So we're going to shut down the whole factory. Yeah, you take care of your people. Exactly. We do, the, we do that every day. Are you, at the end of the day, are you a good fucking person? We try. You know what I mean? We try. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, is when I don't expect to be patted on the back for that. But you but don't, I also expect don't expect to be chastised to be either. A, yeah. You know, whatever the fuck I was characterized as. Um, it's like, dude, you have no idea. I worked at three, four, five in the morning. I worked 20 hours right. a day, seven days a week. Yeah. In one form or another. Arlen starts getting phone calls and texts at seven in the morning. It doesn't stop until seven o'clock at night. Right. So. And you reap the fruits of that labor, of all that hard work. We're doing good. Yeah. We're doing good. And, and 
I don't. And that's need... another thing that for fucking people to hate. It's like, oh, you can't, you know. Yeah, well, it must be nice to have all the watches. It fucking is. It sure fucking is. Yeah, it yeah. fucking <laughs> is. It's super Again, fucking nice. Again, if if we figured out a way to to come up with a cigar that retails in the market anywhere between eight to twelve dollars, right. right? The consumer wins. Yeah. Right. And if we figured out a way to make money on that and put out a, a fucking great product that's rated as as well as they are, right? Then then why are people bitching? You know what I mean? Like it's win win. Well, it's it's part of it's jealousy and part of it's just you know hate. You know what though? I, listen, you can. You, what's the saying? You can gauge how successful you are by the fucking amount of haters that you have and shit like that. I mean, that's really a thing. It is. Yep. And, and, and I really don't need. Mike can tell you, I don't need the pats on the back. It's like, yeah. hey, uh, you he's not he's not that kind of guy. He doesn't I, need a boy. No. I don't need external, no. but I do, it's like, just rationally, um, it's like, just look at the, just look at the real, the problem yeah. is, is, is the people saying this don't even really understand. You have no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah. Not, you know not, what, not though, the closest concept. When we went to the Dominican, like all the guys that came out that had other factories that came over, like, oh man, I love what you guys do. I love, you know what I mean? Like that shit right there, like that actually goes a lot further. Like that's that's the that's the real deal though. Those well, because, are the people that yeah, are in it. They, you they know? realize right, and it's like the street cred among your peers. Yeah, right, right, and and, and it goes both ways, right? It's right. not just like, hey, look at us. It's really it goes. Like, dude, I'm in awe. Or, you know, I mean, you see these guys. You know, it's like, oh, I've been smoking your cigars since I was fucking, you know, twenty something years old, right? right. So, so it, it, it's it goes both ways. But whenever you're kind of brought in. Not that we sit at the same table, but but you know you have a place at the table like that. That means something. Well, there's only a few people who really live in Nicaragua, right? And there was only a few people who have long periods of time in Esteli working to build their own thing. I mean, I'll give you an example: James and Angela Brown at Oveja Negra. Um, when we built our factory, I was proud of it, but I knew it wasn't really what I really wanted to do. And then when they got this space that they got their new factory, and they started doing all their own design and everything there. And I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. Right. And I remember telling Mike, I'm like, dude, they're, I love what they're doing over there, the way they're taking care of their people, the way they're doing small, but they're doing, you know. Like, you know, people say, oh, you copied a black, you, you copied black label on this thing. And I'm like, first of all, when you're talking about, like, multi-wrapper barber poles, right. the way that they get it almost near perfect, I mean, if, if you look at our saber toots and our black Irish, they're not beautiful they're they're tasty i think the tobacco i like it better than other cigars but they're not they're not near as perfect in terms as aesthetically artistically perfect as what is what say james and angela do in my opinion so i don't even view myself as copying or make you know i didn't invent any of this i'm you know everything we neither did that was copied right yeah but I remember when they moved. I've always had respect for them because they're there. They get in the same restaurants as us. They buy groceries in the grocery store. They're not tourists. Right. You know, they're actually there doing it. And I, and believe me, if anyone understands what that means and the sacrifices you're making. So when they when they moved to San Juan because, so their son could go to a better school, kind of in the back of my head, kind of in a kind of a hater way, my, my <laughs> first my first thing every time I saw their picture with their big dog and on the patio and the swimming pool and i'm like oh you should take some really nice photos it's like oh but you guys used to be in the trenches with me but now you're just (laughs) now you're now you're a tourist they left me right now you're living the life and every time i would see one of those pictures i would be like oh that's that's really cool good for them because i know how hard it was on them right dude right and so but then at the same time i'd be like but i'm still a real cigar maker i'm still here right you know in a in a way yeah like in, in the back of my mind right and then so finally we, we go down and we're just looking at property to buy because the conversation was are, we want to buy a house. It doesn't make sense to buy a house in SLE because it's all overpriced and there's nobody to buy it when you want to sell it. Right. But San Juan's good. good. Um, it's a good uh, investment. Real estate investment. Investment property. Mike yeah. and I are looking for some investments. We go down there. We stay there for a, a weekend in July. We find this house. Boom. You know, 500, you know, whatever, you know. Buy right. the house. Buy the house. Right. Buy the house. It's Cash. Got, got monkeys right. for God's sakes. Right. <laughs> we have monkeys in the backyard. We have monkeys in the backyard. <laughs> right. So then, so then we're like, no, okay. he does his bitch about the monkeys coming. The damn monkeys. Eat my papayas. No, I like the monkeys. These monkeys were amazing. Now <laughs> they're a fucking problem. Right. You, you need the big dog to keep the monkey. Yeah. You gotta get the big dog. I'm just, I'm just not. I just think I'm just afraid one of those monkeys is gonna jump over the thing and tear somebody's skull off, and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> right. That's all. Outbreak started. That's what I told you. So, so bring me the papaya. Is that filter on high? Can you make sure that filter's on high? But now that I'm down there, 
Switch to a different camera, Phil. And, and I'm giving you this to say, actually... Put your headphones. Thinking a, a certain <coughs> way is easy to do, because I was thinking that way, and, and, and in the back of my mind. But actually being down there and understanding how they come up every week to do payroll, how one of them every week is up there, but they're really right. just sacrifice. It's really a sacrifice they're making. Right, because you're giving so up more time. So their kid can be in a good school. Right. And I'm like, okay, now now that I'm living that, right. now I get it. I understand that. It is way... Having it's a, harder. I mean, you, you saw our house in SLE. It was yeah. comfortable. It was yeah, nice. It was nice. Yeah. But, but, I watched many episodes of Sopranos. Yeah. So <laughs> Super now, Bowl, so now understanding having to travel and do all that stuff, now you're like, okay, now I get it. Yeah. But yeah. the options down there for everything are just like 10x more. Like, yeah, the quality of life's better. But yeah. it actually makes running the factory a lot harder. Right. And but so the, those are sacrifices you make for your kids. Yeah, the point but, is, but, now had, but had COVID not had happened, and you guys didn't spend that nine months in the States. And, and, and again, you have this illusion that things are kind of working the way that they're working. That conversation piece would have never really come up as far as is this an option to do it down here, right? To buy a house and to, to kind of have this house in San Juan. Right. And, and at the time, it was like, you know, because that was before November, right? You're talking about yeah. the July before the November. So it's like, yeah, we could do this. And, and you know, again, we've, we have done it. So we need so, a helicopter. Yeah. You and James... You pull for a helicopter. We should. We should. Oh, yes. Just don't push on that Kobe. If it's, if, <laughs> Talk it's, to Booth. If Booth has a nice helicopter. If the, right. if the flying conditions are not good, you cannot fly. Yeah. The, oh, point, right, of, the yeah. point of all that is to say that, you know, until you walk a mile in <coughs> someone else's shoes, it's... In this industry, people saying that they do this or they do that, that they don't really do, that it's hard to filter out that stuff. But what I can... T- the point of it is to say... This has been a tough year for us. We really needed a week yeah. <laughs> in Florida. Yeah, and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. So Mike has the, uh, the Visa He's so horny. horny. Story. Yes, yes. Do we want to say that for the Patreon? I don't know. How good is the story? Do we have like any di- more dirt for the Patreon? I don't know. I mean, he, he almost mm. was in tears. Whoa. Whoa. Where are we out on time? Let me ask you. Hour and a half. Mm. So we got 30. We could make this into a two-parter. It's always a two-parter when he's two. Well, the first parter was the wedding. And the <laughs> I think three-parter sometimes. Yeah, the first the first forty-five minutes was the wedding. His wedding shit. Hmm. Mm. We can save it for the Patreon if you want. Anything fun and exciting happen in the news? Yeah, we got any news? I know you Let's didn't record any of that. Yeah. Cover, cover some quick news. Do you have stuff? Yeah, we have news. Okay. What about a quick fact? Can we oh, do, yeah, a fact? do the oh, Phil, hey, Phil's fun facts. Fun fact. An hour and a half, hour and a half in. Hour and a half in. It'll be thirty minutes into the it'll, second. It'll be part two. Yeah. Part two. We'll just cut it out and put it at sixteen. Put your camera on, Phil. Oh, yeah. Hello, people. All right, so uh, I have a question for all you guys. What is the oldest cigar that you've ever smoked? Want to go online? Oh, oldest Oldest? cigar. I I smoked a Davidoff Dom Perignon that was like, you know, pre, it was probably 25 years old. Uh, Padron Millennium, probably, I guess. Yeah, I would say the same with the Millennium is what I went to. So there was a shop in Austin, Texas called Heroes and Legacies. Remember Richard's place? He had some pre-embargo cigars back in his cabinet that we had broke out that allegedly were pre-embargo cigars that he bought at an auction. That so. Yeah, if they have no flavor, yeah. then you know for That's sure. That's definitely pre-embargo. Legit, yeah. But I would say back then my my palate was not nearly as sophisticated as you know. So you, it could have been you know, <laughs> could have been anything. You yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. Right. The Raul special. <laughs> right. All right. Was that your fun fact? No, no, no. That's no, a fucking yeah. rando question. Well, it well, goes he's with He's going to tell us what the, the oldest stuff. cigar okay. is. Okay. <laughs> Didn't Jura State one time say they made a cigar with million-year-old million tobacco? Million-year-old? It, like, it was like a joke in one nice. of their ads. It's like made with oh. million-year-old, aged for one million years or something. <laughs> uh, so in April 2012, archaeologists from Tra- Tampa University uncovered sealed clay pots whilst working in southeast Guatemala, believed to be pre-Columbian. These jars contained 800 cigars. A closer examination of cigars revealed that the conditions they had been stored in meant that they were still smokable, and they ended up being sold at auction for a staggering $507,000. Wow. And right now they're available at, at uh, CI for half the price. <laughs> if, that, if that had been they're bourbon, yeah, if, they were, <laughs> right, if that had been bourbon, it would have been like $2 million. Right. right. <laughs> That's interesting. It. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sure well, you in, redeemed I'm yourself. I'm sure they're in a cabinet somewhere at Corona. Right. <laughs> right. Probably. Right. We don't speak that. 100% mark. <laughs> Way overpriced. 100% mark. 
Well, the biggest news, Michael, is that we are the number one uh, podcast. That is some big news. Uh, the best cigar podcast from thousands of podcasts on the web and ranked by traffic, social media followers, uh, domain authority, and freshness. I heard Coop uh, demanded an asterisk be put on this. Yeah, you know. Well, there, if, you cl- if you click down further, there's a separate list that comes up that shows podcast people or something yeah. like that. And, and Coop, he's number one on that. Yeah. One. You know. So you have the best program, but just not the best team. You know what? At the end of the day, <laughs> right? Okay, we'll go with that. I'll right. take I'll take the best program. The best program. <laughs> Why can't you just have your flowers? Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Give Why can't you, yeah? Give him, give just him the give flowers. me give me my victory lap. You know, I mean, this yeah. is really for Mike. Mike, yeah, Mike needed this. A hundred percent. I just check it. I don't even know. Uh, that, that, that came out February 9th. So I mean, it just came out. I just happened to Google it looking for something else. Hey, that's a big deal. That was the list last year. We got number two. I mean, you have, work got everybody. an official you know, podcast that's room. I mean, so that, that means... That's probably what put us dude, over the you know, top. We have the nicest room. Look, I mean, listen, I could tell you, here, we consistently show up. We consistently show up. We're 100% authentic. It's like being a dad. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's, there is an ad space in every single fucking thing that we do. You know, and that's... Unfortunately, that sucks to us because it, there's no financial benefit, but because of it, we're number one. So, you know... I mean, I res- we, we respect. Don't learn anything much from listening to us, but we are very entertaining. I think that you actually learn more from us and the way that we speak about news and break things down than a lot of the other podcasts. That's true too. You know, mm-hmm. well, if you did this like NASCAR, you could have like little patches of all the little sponsorships. Well, we think the giant know. tables hey, for. Yeah, we'll, we'll put anybody's name we'll on the put, table we'll put, here. No, we won't. Yes, we will. No, we won't. And we're going to go around TPE and just take orders. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Right in the middle. <laughs> uh, we need to pick a winner for the Great Smoke. Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. Uh-oh. We had uh, 13 people enter. Do you have them in? Uh, I have them numbered, and okay. you have not seen the list or the names. Okay. So you can have one so of them. So pick a number between 1 and 13. Okay. Yeah, or we can have Skip Who's and picking? Mike pick no. a number. Or I would we like can to, have Arlen can I pick, pick a number. Can I pick? Ooh. Oh, that's not bad. All right, have Arlen pick a number 1 through 13. Right, 1 through 13. Arlen, están pidiendo. Bueno. Son 13 personas que, que tienen la oportunidad de ganar. I knew she was going to say seven. I could. <laughs> yeah. Number seven? Seven. Seven is uh, T-I-M-M-C-7-1. I only have their YouTube names. T-I-M-M-C-7-1. Tim, Tim MC-71. Okay. I think I have an idea who's the, who that's going to be. I might be able to click on it and go further yeah. in and figure out who it was. Okay. Into the camera one more time. Who's number 13? That's what I would That's what to. I was going to uh, say. Mark Gordon would have been number 13. Oh, He'd have been Mark. Very oh. Mark Gordon. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. That, two out of three people would have picked 13. We're on the, we're on the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Arnon went with the seven. She went with number seven. Okay, right. so email you at? Uh, email me, Tim, at... Where's the camera? Which one are we looking at? Email me at Mike at Mike and Mike Productions, uh, Tim MC 71 and we will get you set up. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're the winner of the Great Smoke. Nice. Virtual or in-person ticket. Right. Yeah, it can go either way. Yeah. Does not does not have to live in Florida. Mm-hmm. What if he doesn't claim it? Uh, what do we give him a week? We'll and have to we... give it to Mark Gordon. Well, no, because this is going to go up next week, the week after, if we oh. break it up. I yeah. don't think you should break it up. I mean, Coop has four-hour podcast. You can yeah, pause the podcast and listen to the other half. <laughs> Unless you want to get two weeks out of it. Because I think the first half of the podcast is less interesting than the Second half, but some people you know, may think the other way. Yeah, exactly. You know, to be honest, the in, the in depth like life living stuff, I think is actually has more entertainment and shit that people enjoy. And I we have learned that a lot of listeners like an hour because usually you're driving to work is about twenty or thirty Seems minutes the there, twenty time or thirty minutes back. Will sit. And then, I mean, the other night we got into cock rings and boner pills. <laughs> so, so our our conversation. Hit, uh, <laughs> Uh, Boots's wife was not as interested in that conversation as I think you guys were talking about something else. What were they talking about before that? <coughs> no, the, the tolls. Your, your, Tollways. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tolls. from Naples. Yeah, so it was definitely at my Naples because he was more interested about than, the tolls. Yeah. It was more interesting than the tollway talk. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> okay, what else you got? Uh, we got some Agronosa leaf stuff. Yeah, um, which was smoking the Supreme Leaf. Right. The sixth and newest Vitola, the Agronoso Leaf Supreme Leaf line, will be heading to stores on Friday, which is this past Friday. A 6x52 Toro, familiar Vitola for many cigar smokers. However, it is the first size in the Supreme Leaf line, which debuted in March of 2020, to be round, as the previous five had all been box-pressed. While the round Vitola might be new for the line, it uses the same blend as the Nicaraguan tobacco, capped off by a a Corojo 99 wrapper. 
It is $13.99 a cigar and is limited to 2,750 boxes of 10 cigars. Limited. Limited. And we'll be doing that on the Patreon today. And I think they're all sold out on the, in the store, so. Someone said this was their favorite one. So, yeah. I was listening to some podcast. Oh, we'll get into that in the Patreon. We don't want to leak, uh, you know, our opinions. Uh, Crux is in to doing a price increase next week. Um, Bellato, Caldwell, Lost and Founds doing an increase next week on March 1st. Everyone's doing a price increase. Everyone's right. doing a price increase. Everybody. Uh, we did have a gentleman that was upset about the Postania price increase. We explained why, and he's like, oh, okay. All right, I get it. I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. First time in seven business. years. I mean, yeah. my price increase to Mike was more than, I think, as a percentage, more than what he passed on. So, yeah. Uh, Aladino Candela is heading to select stores this month. The JRE Tobacco Company will begin shipping its first Candela cigar to select stores later this month. The Aladino Candela will debut a 5x50 Robusto that the company says is a test to gauge the cigar's popularity for a future larger release. It will use a green Candela wrapper over the Aroa family signature Corojo tobacco for both the binder and the filler. That doesn't sound like a very confident fucking... No, here we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna try this out. Yeah, yeah, it works. No, that's gonna be a good cigar. They make a lot of candela. Yeah, but I'm saying the statement that you make is, well, you know, maybe good, maybe shit. We don't know. We're gonna try it out. You know, my favorite candela, one of my favorite candelas of all time, before the Fomorian, was the um, the Monarch, the Camacho Diploma Monarch. Yeah, it's like the robusto size of the uh, uh, Corojo line, and they they definitely know how to make. They know what they're doing. Candela cigars, yeah. Okay. They're going to have 400 boxes of 20 cigars that will split between roughly 30 stores that have visited the company's operations. So I guess we won't be getting that. No. No. MSRP is going to be eight fifty per cigar. It's a good price. Yeah. Alec Bradley's bringing back fifth, Filthy Hooligan and the Shamrock for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Won't be getting that either. Not as good of a Candela. I mean, they make a lot of good cigars. I'm not, I'm just not, that Candela tastes more like a Candela. Right. I think the secret to a great candela it's is the filler. it doesn't taste like candela. Yeah. <laughs> For me personally. Yeah. Uh, that, that's it. I kept the news light because I didn't think we were doing any. Okay. And there wasn't a whole lot out. Agronosa right. released the first TPE story today. They're doing a Maduro size of the lunatic. Which is weird. We haven't heard really anything about TPE news. No, that, that was the first time this week was yeah. Agronosa. When is TPE? In it like is a week a, or two. Week. It's not next week. It's the week after. Are yeah. you Are you going? I, I don't think so. No, it's next week. We'll be there as media. Well, not this week. The week after. Right. Yeah. So Are you going to uh, do 20, your review for the lighter? No, no. I, I, the lighter review is not a review for the... Oh, okay. It's an Amazon review. Yeah. Okay. Well, then fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. I ain't... <laughs> got to pay. Retainer. <laughs> Somebody going to send you a lighter? Yeah. They said, hey, I'll Venmo, Venmo you the cash. Can you... Oh, uh, yeah. I've got yeah. a couple of different we ones. Did not, right? We did not like. You don't like the lighter? Well, okay. you know. Who is it from? I'm just curious. I don't know. I got to look it up. It's undisclosed. Oh. There, but there's, you know, <laughs> you could tell that they did specific things so that you felt like it was uh, a value, like it was heavy. Right. But I don't think the tank is efficient enough, and the way that the lid kind of opens up is a little fucking weird. It's not, you know, the flame access to it is difficult. So the lid doesn't come open all the way. You got to go, go in sideways. Yeah. it's yeah. Is it called something like the Firebird or something? No. Okay. That was the one we did on the other show. No. It was a cooking company I put out a lighter. Oh. Yeah, no, not this one. So. But I'll give them my feedback. I'll give my honest opinion. Say, hey, this is where you fucked up. So. Damn. Yeah. Right. I don't have a listener of the week. I do. Uh -oh. Do you? Uh -oh. Yes. Well, hit the gong, mister. Dun, 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 dun. Listener of the week is Kelly and Andrew. <gasps> oh. They were at the wedding also. Yes. They talked to me extensively about the show in different episodes. Really? Oh, yeah. They're avid <laughs> listeners. Nice. They're awesome. They have questions about specific episodes, things we I've did, things we enjoyed. They're good people. They are yeah, good. it was, good, know, to see, it was good to see them. Yeah. They still talked about the Island Gym episode being the worst episode we ever did. <laughs> I was hey, I wasn't here. No, right. I wasn't here. Well, they did blame Greg, so that was nice. Yeah. That was the one show Greg did. <laughs> he interviewed <laughs> Island Gym. It was like a 15-minute show. Not going to do that one again. Did no, you have they, Heineken? Uh, that was the problem. He drank after instead of before. Ah, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. I could have told you. <laughs> Apparently, she does a lot of work with him now. She's in the timeshare business. And oh. she sees him in St. Augustine often. And he does, he has timeshares? 
Uh, he's in the timeshare business. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, because it means cigars. Well, he yeah, did. He he worked at Marriott for right. Yeah, that was before, like yeah. where the story stopped that we had with him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Because yeah. his answers were. He, uh-huh. he met his mm-hmm. wife working for Marriott, and then that yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Nope. No. Yeah. Yes. No. I saw him at the fucking Tampa thing. What the hell was that thing called? Oh, uh, um, the thing the Tampa Humidor used to do. Oh, the Heritage Festival. Yeah, the Heritage right. Fest. Thank, thank you, Phil. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was, that thank was Michael. you, Michael. Sorry. I, just, I, just I, throw out I Michael. felt it over You here. get it right. Yeah, just throw out of Michael. You yeah. get four out of five chances so. here. <laughs> and he was bossing Jeff Groover around to like move a table or some shit. Oh, nice. And Jeff Groover looked at me and said, hey, come over here and move this table. And I was I said, fuck you. I'm not moving your <laughs> fucking table. I don't work for you. I'm not fucking moving your table. You know, you know, you didn't ask the right way. So right. I watched him move it himself, and then I walked over there afterwards and said, oh, I'm here to move the table. Somebody wanted to move something <laughs> heavy at the wedding and asked me, I go, no, no, I don't do that. I have a, I have a There's guy. There's a guy for that. There's a guy yeah. that moves heavy things for me. Yeah. I don't pick things up. Anymore. No, yeah, that's not you. You know, like going back to TP, I think <clears throat> it's one of the things about this business. It's, it's funny because when PCA was having issues, then all of a sudden TPE became, oh, this is going to be the next best thing. Right. And then now that you're not hardly we're not, hearing, we're much not talking about. Yeah, no one has yeah, said nobody anything. Has, nobody other than Agronosa, nobody's releasing Which, anything. Like last year, there was four or five different places. Yeah, but I couldn't get a booth. The booths were full. Yeah, booths are full. Other than Crux, nobody's put up that little thing where they do their logo and I'm at booth number blah blah blah. Oh yeah, Crux is the only one I've seen. Tell well, me, I don't know. I think that the um, well, there's a couple of topics that I thought we would kind of get into. So one is where where are the where are the the hardcore cigar smokers pre COVID that used to hang out in cigar shops. They've all kind of disappeared. Um, and, then, and then the other thing is, is that, you know, realistically, a lot of these shops have so much inventory that they got to work through. Yeah. Because they overbought during COVID. True. That, that I think uh, the amount of inventory that stores are holding are probably, you know, for, for them, you know, if they're normally carrying about one hundred fifty to $200,000, they're probably sitting on about two fifty to three hundred. dollars That yeah, is they, fair. They would have done right? better if COVID stretched out a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, COVID's been over a while. I mean, not officially until May, but... Well, that's well, here, we, but didn't, again, we one, didn't have it here. So one segments into the other, right? So again, yeah. the well, guys who used to hang out in the cigar shops are now buying online. Well, you, habits well, have changed. So you see these numbers. You see these numbers. Maybe we can get into this in the Patreon because I don't want to be accused of saying negative things about retailers because there, there are really never good retailers ever. and there are... I don't believe it. There are a lot of retailers who... That are, are not, terrible? Are not very good. Yes. No. <clears throat> but... Um, <laughs> You keep seeing these import numbers. Like the, the 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 boom is still going. That doesn't mean that those cigars are selling. Right. That yeah, means the retailers bought them, them and they're sitting on the shelf. Or they're no sitting one, in a bonded no warehouse. No one's ever accused no, the, the cigar industry of being ahead of the curve when it comes to to things like that. So, um, I I can tell you at a macro level, there's more cigars being made. There's not a lot more tobacco. What that what that means. And in the market, there's the the amount of really good tobacco is harder and harder to get. I mean, the people who used to like Placencia used to sell a lot of tobacco. Now they won't. They don't sell at all. Um, cool. So getting good tobacco is harder. Uh, getting taking care of the tobacco and fermenting it and getting it to the right place, people are taking less time to do that. Um, I, I heard comments from the. The Puro Sabor that a lot of the I don't go into a lot of other factories like walk around in a lot of other factories, but that the demographic shift of like you know they we got permission from their parents to let them work at 15 years old in the factory kind right. of deal. It's like that's crazy, um, but it's happening, and so I guarantee you the the, the construction can't be it's not sustainable. Yeah, it can't be consistently good. So not only are there an equal amount of cigars out there when their demand was real high. The quality is probably lower. So these guys are probably doing these, you know, buy five, get ten, an ashtray, a combat knife, right. and a reach around. And a, whatever the, the, the umbrella. There's always you know, 90 day terms. Yeah. Steak uh, knives. Get the steak knives. Yeah. You know, whatever the deals are out there. And, and these retailers, they're like fucking, a lot of them just bite on the, the discounts and Shiny margins. coins, baby. Shiny coins. And then they end up sitting on a ton of inventory that, that they have to end up closing out anyway. Right. And they end up not buying, like, we don't do terms, we don't do discounts, so a lot of times you call retailers, like, oh, no, we're good. And we don't have a guy walking into the shop to shame them and to right. actually, hey, wait a second. Hey, you know, hey, all those on the shelf. sold. No, it's yeah. a, let, let's, let's smoke a cigar for an hour, and then I'll get to the sales. <laughs> right. Let's talk about that, yeah. So, so what's happening is we have a lot of customers who are like, hey, I, you know, 
I've been buying on Famous. Or I've been buying on Cigars International. I've been buying from Atlantic. I've been buying from Cigar 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 Hustler. Cigar Hustler. Yeah, Cigar Hustler. Always always buy Cigar Hustler. Yeah, always buy Cigar Hustler. And they're saying, saying, you know, uh, but what what I hear a lot is, hey, when are you making um, this? And I'm like, we actually have some in our warehouse that's not even on back order. Right. It's like, well, my retailer said he's, he's had him on order for three months. I'm like, well, who's your retailer? Right. It's like, well, I don't want to throw anybody into the bus. No, no, tell me who he is. I can at least call him and fix the situation. He's like, don't worry about it. I just get him online now. So, so what happens? So what happens is that retailer sitting behind his counter, bitching that his customers aren't buying as much. Right. Bitching that people are buying online because of prices. Meanwhile, his customers buying them for the exact same price he used to buy them from him. Maybe a little bit of a tax difference. I don't know. But because the guy is not managing his inventory, he's not reordering yep. stuff that his regular customers buy. Right. So fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. You ha- it's it, that's the way capitalism works. These guys are all capitalists. Right. It's like you have to meet the needs of your customer. Right. Or you lose their business. Is he going like, nah, fuck that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well played. That was good timing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, a lot of those customers too. I I will tell you this. Um, and I don't know if you want to do this for Patreon. I'll just do it here. But I could tell you that numbers-wise, obviously COVID was fantastic, and then you kind of look into things as far as making sure that your inventory is in check moving into the, the upcoming years. But our sales in store, January was still better than January 2021. So what does that tell you? Like, if you take care of your consumers, like you're saying, you stay up on inventory, and you take care of your employees, you're still going to continue to grow. Maybe it's not at the astronomical fucking numbers that happened in 2020. You're still going to continue to go in that right direction, you know? So Well, yeah. uh, well I think that there's a, lot more, there's a lot more new cigar smokers. So if you look at the events that we've done in the past yeah. at this location, we did one in December, right? Yeah. So in the previous years, we would have guys come in, from South Florida, from yep. from you know the the Panhandle, like you had guys yeah, drive two or, three, two or three hours to come right. do an event, and you're like, you got 40, 50 dudes that you know that you're like high fiving, how's family, what's everything, right? We do one in December, and there's like a handful of dudes that that you know. Right. But there's still a lot of people here, but they're a bunch of new guys, right? Like, yeah, coming out, right? So that means that you got to do a lot more education, you got to do a lot more. Sure. So you're kind of starting over. There's still a yeah, lot you've of, gone through that cycle, right? So there's a, so again. So you're going to have to weed through the guys that come in here that just want to have a drink and want to have a smoke. And right. then you got the guys who are like, but the cigar nerds, like the guys who, who collect cigars and track down and look for this. And the, you're starting to see that percentage of the industry kind of kind of fade a little bit. Yeah, I would say that it's cyclical, like anything sure. else. Well, and if you got guys who are making cigars that don't make cigars, you know, who are contract manufacturing with, who are cigar designers, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, th- those guys are paying a dollar more than they used to. Right. You know, landed. Sometimes more. Yeah. And so they're selling you twelve, thirteen dollar cigars for sixteen, seventeen dollars. Right. So if if you're you know, if you like that cigar a lot or you're just chasing it to smoke one or two because, you know, you you like me, you just like trying new stuff, um, just know that more and more and more, you're paying for things that aren't what makes a cigar good. And you would assume that there's got to be pushback eventually from the consumer. Uh, you would think. Yeah. You would think, right? It's got to happen at some point. But imagine you own a factory and you grow tobacco. You can sell the tobacco now and make more money selling tobacco than you can make making cigars. Right. And then on top of that, you got to deal with some guy, you know, you got to deal with the extra SKUs, you got to deal with the extra packaging material, you got to deal with all that stuff. It's like, okay, I'll do this, but I'm going to make my money here. Right. So, you know, if it costs me X to make a cigar, I'm going to charge him 2X or in some cases 3X. And then when that guy's paying the factory, paying someone to import it, paying the maximum user fees, the maximum whatever through their importer, then they're, then they're, uh, paying uh, brokers to sell it and to travel and to do those things, uh, or or in some of these cases you're getting a celebrity to slap their name on it, you're going to be paying another three, four, five dollars that have nothing to do with the quality of tobacco right. or the quality of the people making it. None of that. Yep. So true. So, if you like paying fifteen dollars cigar for for a twelve dollar cigar, then maybe you got it like that. But the, but but if you if you're getting tight on money, you don't have to stop smoking good cigars. You right. just got to just change what you're smoking. 
Yeah, just do a little bit of research. Yeah, you gotta be one of those guys like, man, I haven't smoked Roma for a long time. I forgot how good these are. Right. It's like, well, they've always been that way. Yeah, nothing's changed. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to be close to two hours at this. Yeah, point. we're at uh, hour fifty-two, so we Perfect. can wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. We'll get going on the Patreon. All right, it's been episode two hundred and sixty-eight with uh, Mike Rosales and Skip Michael. Michael. Michael, sorry, Michael Rosales. God damn it. Sorry. One job. You should One not job. forget that. There's a lot of Michaels here. Yeah, he well, yeah, Michael. but I, I call him Michael, so I get you. you're Mike, okay. and it's just... No, he's not Mike, he's Michael. I he, call him... I call him Skip. I understand we call him Skip. <laughs> I just like yeah, I Mike because it's shorter when you do Mike at Romacraft instead of... Michael? Oh, for the email? Yeah. Is it Michael at Romacraft? Is that his email? Or is it Mike at No, Mike I, sh- I shortened it. Romacraft to back is a long email, so it is it's Mike at Romacraft to back. Romacraft to back. Best so I was talking in email. I was talking in email. Oh, you were? Yes. Okay. Obviously. Then that's fine. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Cigar Hustlers podcast, its owners, and its sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intention to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Mike Stepankevich, with any feedback or suggestions that you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.